continue today with the teaching on the resurrection of the dead, which is part of the foundational doctrines as taught us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. It's the fifth of the six foundational doctrines, and it's uh, a doctrine that uh, all believers should have um, full understanding of as part of their Christian walk. And so we've looked at certain aspects of the um, resurrection of the dead, and we've looked up until now, we've looked at um, key events that must take place before our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. And today we want to have a look at the first resurrection um, that actually does take place when our Lord Jesus Christ does return to the earth. And we're going to have a look at certain aspects of that resurrection event, what actually transpires when that event takes place, um, what, what transpires in heaven, what transpires on the earth. Um, and we'll have a look at certain key aspects uh, regarding that event. Let's uh, open up a scripture which is in Revelations chapter 20, beginning at verse 4. There's the Apostle John speaking. <clears throat> he says, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And so what transpires here, this, uh, when our Lord was on the earth, he referred to two resurrections. He referred to the resurrection of um, uh, to life, resurrection of life, and he referred to the resurrection of condemnation. And this first resurrection, as we've just had a look in Scripture in Revelations chapter uh, 20, is referring to the resurrection of life. This is the resur resurrection of the saints. And this particular resurrection takes place when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. Um, the reason it's called the first resurrection is because there is an, another resurrection that takes place, place later in the age, and that is after the thousand-year reign of Christ, and that is the resurrection of condemnation, which will be the resurrection of all the unbelievers. They are being held currently in captivity in Hades, um, and all will join them until such a time, until the end of the age. At the end of the age, they will then be raised from the dead and they will incur their judgment. Now, when this resurrection takes place, the first resurrection, um, there is also um, a judgment that is incurred at this time. The judgment that is incurred at this time is the judgment of the saints. The saints of God will be judged at the first resurrection. So basically what will happen is that, uh, and we'll read the scripture, the, the archangel will, will sound the trumpet of God um, and give a shout to the saints of God and the Lord will descend from heaven and, and all of the saints that are with him in heaven will return to the earth with him. Um, when that happens, they will descend into the earth and they will collect their resurrected bodies, which God our Father would then have instantly changed from being sown as dust into the earth and their bodies will then be uh, recreated as the resurrected bodies um, which is a, a body uh, that our, our Lord Jesus currently has for the Bible talks about the fact that we have partaken of the image of the, the man of dust and we will also partake of the image of the man of heaven which is Christ Jesus our Lord and so those are the resurrected bodies that uh, the saints in heaven will descend into uh, the saints that are on the earth at the time when our Lord Jesus Christ returns, the scripture tells us that their bodies will instantly be changed as well from uh, these current natural bodies into the spiritual bodies uh, that they will dwell in for all eternity. Both sets of saints then, the saints who have descended from heaven and have entered into their resurrected bodies, um, which have been raised from the, uh, the, the grave, and the saints who are alive on the earth will then together uh, ascend into the, the clouds and we will be with the Lord forever from that point in time onwards. While we are in the clouds with the Lord, it is at that time 
that the saints will be judged and they will receive <coughs> they will receive their rewards from the Lord based on, on the works that they have done in during their lifetimes. There will not be any uh, no saint has received their rewards from the Lord at this point in time. All the saints will be judged at exactly the same time during that period when our Lord Jesus Christ does return to the earth. Now there is going to be a time span, we'll have a look at it in scripture, um, that will take place on the earth while the saints are being judged in um, the air with the Lord. It's a realm that the, the Bible talks about. It's a realm called the air. Um, in, in, in the New Testament, the Bible talks about the fact that Satan is the uh, prince of the power of the air. Uh, and there are rulers of the darkness of, of, of the air, which is over, over the earth. And so it's a realm that um, is below heaven, but it is above the earth. And that is where the saints will be incur their judgment um, from the Lord Jesus Christ when he does return to the earth. And that occurs at the time of this first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. The, first, the reason for that is because, and the scripture says, over such the second death has no power. We haven't got to the second death yet, but the second death, uh, we will look at, at the end of the, the age, it's the end of the series of um, the resurrection of the dead. And the second death is the eternal death that all unbelievers and Satan and his angels will incur for all eternity. They will all be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone uh, for all eternity, never to come out again. And that is what the Bible uh, classifies as the second death. And so the saints who are raised at the first resurrection, they never incur the second death. Remember our Lord Jesus, when he was on the earth, he said that if you believe in those who believe in him have passed from death to life and will not come into condemnation. So we do not incur the judgment of condemnation that the unbelievers will incur at the second resurrection. We incur our judgment at the first resurrection, and that judgment is um, never based on our salvation. That judgment is based on the works that we have done in our lifespan while we have been on the earth. And so that is what the, uh, the first resurrection is all about. And it takes place at the end of the tribulation. The, um, we've discussed already in previous teaching that the, the Antichrist reigns on the earth for three and a half years. That period of time is called the Great Tribulation. And the saints who are dwelling on the earth at that time inside the fourth kingdom um, will be experiencing tremendous tribulation um, under the reign of the Antichrist. At the end of his reign, that is when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. That is when the saints are then raised from the dead. And they are then judged. We'll have a look at the time span that is incurred over that period. And then they return to the earth with the Lord Jesus Christ, where he will then physically reign on the earth from the city of Jerusalem for a period of 1,000 years. <clears throat> And the earth will experience the reign of Christ for a thousand years. Satan and his angels during that thousand year period will be removed from the earth. And uh, Satan will not be in the earth to be able to deceive mankind during that thousand year period. Him and his angels will be locked up in the, the bottomless pit for that thousand years. And the earth will experience uh, true righteous judgment for the very first time without any um, outside influence to try and thwart the, the, the righteous judgment of God. Um, but that judgment will still be over unbelievers, for we've gone through the teaching before that there are four kingdoms on the earth at the time that our Lord returns. It is the fourth kingdom which falls under the reign of the Antichrist, who will um, um, rebel against, well not rebel basically, but they will be the ones who will set up the armies, their armies at the, at the Battle of Armageddon in, in which they will then um, take, um, take on the Lord and his armies really when he comes to the earth. That kingdom will be destroyed by the Lord. Uh, by the breath of his mouth, he will destroy them. The Antichrist and the false prophet, they will be cast alive into the lake of fire and brimstone. They're the first two um, beings that will be thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone. Uh, even Satan doesn't go in there first. These two individuals get thrown in first. They, throw, they are thrown alive into that lake because we've already dealt with it. They are part angel. They cannot die. 
And so that is why they cast alive into the lake of fire and brimstone. But all of their followers being the fourth kingdom, um, if you go have a look at the account in um, Ezekiel, uh, it's a very graphic account of what actually, or Zechariah I think it is, a very graphic account of what actually transpi transpires in the, that particular battle. Uh, talks about the eye, eye sockets melting in their heads. It's, it's pretty graphic. But that's exactly what will transpire, and that whole fourth kingdom will be completely destroyed. Um, those unbelievers from the fourth kingdom, their bodies will be destroyed, and they will then descend into Hades to be held there, along with all the other unbelievers who are currently uh, in Hades waiting for their day of judgment. Um, that will transpire right at the outset of our Lord Jesus Christ returning to the earth. So the fourth kingdom will be taken out of the way. Satan and his angels will be bound um, in the bottomless pit for this thousand years. The Antichrist and the false prophet will be, have been cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. And the Lord will set up his reign over the earth. Now the reign over the earth will be over the, the remaining three kingdoms that are on the earth. We had a look at that right at the beginning of the series of teachings um, that... There are still unbelievers who will be on the earth, will be unbelievers on the earth, and those are the unbelievers, uh, the people that, the, the saints of God with the Lord Jesus Christ, who they will reign over those individuals on the earth at that time. It's estimated there will be roughly about 6 billion um, unbelievers on the earth at the time that our Lord Jesus Christ returns to reign on the earth, and his saints will then reign over those unbelievers on the earth. So that is pretty much the, the um, sequence of events as they unfold when our Lord Jesus Christ does return um, for at the first resurrection. And so, as we said, our, the saints will receive their resurrected bodies and uh, they will then be judged by the Lord at that time. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 says, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. And so that's, uh, I've already dealt with it. Uh, this is just the scripture that basically covers what I've, I've mentioned already um, in that the saints, both the saints with the Lord and the saints on the earth will enter into the resurrected bodies for the very first time. They will all ascend out of the earth and they will then be present with the Lord in the air, and that is when the saints will incur their judgment. Um, and so we, and that the, the bodies we enter into in the, at that time will be our eternal dwellings. Um, these current bodies that we dwell in, the Bible refers to them as tents. They are temporary structures. They're not designed to um, last for all eternity. But the new resurrected bodies that we will receive from the Lord will be just like his and that is an immortal body that will, we will then our spirits will enter into and that will be our eternal dwelling for all of eternity a tremendous body to live in if you have a look at our lord's resurrected body uh, the glory of god can shine through it when when he, uh, he uh, so chooses uh, his body can also look naturally as it does um, as our bodies currently do now, except without any spot, without any, any blemish, no defects whatsoever. So all defects that we currently have in our physical bodies now, whether you were born with a defect or whether you've incurred a defect during your lifetime, all of that will be done away with and uh, our bodies will be in exactly the same condition as our Lord Jesus Christ's body and will be able to be transformed at will as we need them to be transformed because there are going to be certain um, times in, in eternity where we will enter into the presence of God to worship God and the glory of God will be made manifest through our bodies. There's going to be times when we will be walking in the earth and um, just fellowshiping with the Lord and the natural body will then uh, be made manifest. Um, there's different aspects to our resurrected bodies. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 
verse 36 gives us some insight as to what these resurrected bodies are all about. Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. So these bodies that we dwell in currently can be likened unto grain that will eventually be sown. And the grain that will be sown, God will then use that and give the body um, its likeness as, as the body of our Lord Jesus. Verse 38 says, But God gives it a body as He pleases, and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there's one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another fish, another birds. And if you eat meat, you understand that animals, birds, and fish all have different kinds of flesh, men also. Um, verse 40, There are also celestial and terrestrial bodies. Uh, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. And here Paul is referring to these current bodies that we dwell in. He calls them terrestrial bodies. The celestial bodies are the bodies of the angelic beings. Um, there is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. One, for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the, is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in, in, in corruption, not in incorruption, but sown in corruption. Um, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Um, <clears throat> and so that's how the... the um, our bodies will be changed. They will become bodies similar to our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the same kind of body that our Lord has currently. And it's not only our Lord who has a resurrected body. We did look at uh, previous teaching that there are some saints who have already received their resurrected bodies. There was a grouping of saints that were raised from the dead in their resurrected bodies um, when our Lord was raised from the dead, as recorded for us in the book of Matthew. But uh, be that as it may, that is what our resurrected bodies will be looking like. While the church, leave, when the church leaves the earth, because uh, we've already gone through it, the church is appointed to tribulation, but the church is not appointed to wrath. And so the church will never incur the wrath of God. But the church is allowed to uh, incur uh, tribulation while she's on the earth. Um, when the church is taken out of the earth, that is when the wrath of God will be poured out on the earth, on the inhabitants on the earth. Don't forget the, the, the unbelievers who have died before that time are all in Hades and are experiencing um, you know, a, a, a damnation and punishment right now as we speak. Um, and they have been in that condition ever since they went down there and they will remain in that condition until the time that they are raised from the dead for their judgment. But God has deemed a period of time where he will pour out his wrath on the inhabitants of the earth. So there will be, when the church is taken out of the earth, when our Lord Jesus Christ returns, there will be all the unbelievers who are still living on the earth. And among those unbelievers will obviously be the Antichrist and the uh, false prophet, plus that whole fourth kingdom. They will still be on the earth. When you go through the book of Revelation, you will see that the, the wrath of God is poured out and uh, the Antichrist kingdom is singled out twice in Scripture, showing just how God's uh, wrath is poured out on his kingdom and the people of his kingdom during that period. So the church is taken out of the earth, and at that time we get, uh, and we'll have a look at it, we get judged by our Lord Jesus. While that is happening during that period of time, because don't forget, when the church is taken out of the earth, she gets taken out of time, and she steps into eternity. And so time ceases to exist for the believers while they're in the presence of the Lord. However, for the rest of the earth on the earth, they continue to experience time as we experience it now. It continues to go on. It doesn't end. And while we're away um, and the rest of the unbelievers are dwelling on the earth, that is when God judges uh, the people who are dwelling on the earth at that time. Um, let's have a look at some scripture. Our Lord Jesus speaking about that um, event, what actually will transpire. And he gives us some insight as to what, what it will actually be like to, uh, for the unbelievers when the church leaves. Luke chapter uh, 17, the scripture says in verse 26, And as it was in the days of Noah, so our Lord is comparing 
what will transpire to what actually did transpire when Noah was on the earth. And remember when Noah was on the earth, um, judgment was poured out on the unbelievers on the earth. And there were roughly about 2 billion people on the earth at the time of Noah. Um, and when Noah entered into the ark, that is when God poured out his judgment on the earth. And our Lord says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will also be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. And so their lifestyles, the lifestyles of the unbelievers, will be progressing pretty much normally. There would, um, uh, the scripture says, uh, Peter and Paul says that, he says, when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, talking about the unbelievers, unbelievers in the earth. And so the unbelievers will be continuing with their normally, normal daily lives. Our Lord says they ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And so when the saints leave the planet, it will take the unbelievers completely by surprise. They will not be expecting what is coming. Um, but what, what comes and what transpires on the earth will only happen after the saints leave. Our Lord, remember our Lord said in this passage of scripture, until the day that Noah entered the ark. Um, Noah entering the ark is a, a type of the, of the church leaving the earth. Uh, we will be entering into the ark, and so we'll be protected from the wrath of God that will be poured out on the earth at that time. Verse 28, our Lord gives another analogy, and that is Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. This is just normal life going on. They're, they're still building homes. They're um, doing their normal daily routines. There is no um, indication to them at all of what is about to transpire. Just like Sodom and Gomorrah. So remember when um, the angel said to, to, to Lot, do you have any family members that you want to bring with you? And so he sent to his uh, two, uh, two daughter, daughters and the, his son-in-laws to ask them to please come with him. And they laughed at him. You know, what's this lunatic talking about? You know, everything is fine. You know, he's talking about judgment coming. And so they stayed behind and Lot and, and his family left and judgment fell. And so that is exactly what will happen um, when our Lord returns. Everybody will uh, be continuing to get up and go to work on the day. Um, you know, they'll have their whatever meetings they've got scheduled for the day, whatever um, sports events they've got scheduled. That, that's it. And it'll hit them suddenly that life changes dramatically from that day onwards. Um, <clears throat> verse 29. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. So Lot had to first be taken out. Remember, the angels still pushed Lot, said, you need to get out of here quickly, because I can't do anything until you're gone, the angel said to Lot. And so Lot had to be taken out. In fact, the angel took him by the hand and, and you know, let him out because he was, he was procrastinating. Um, and so exactly the same thing. Our Lord God the Father can't pour out his wrath on the earth until the church has been removed. And so that has to happen. And verse 30, the Lord says, Even so will it be when the Son of Man is revealed. Now look at the, 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 the picture that our Lord gives us in verse 34. I tell you, that in that night there will be two in one bed. The one will be taken, the other will be left. Talking about a husband and a wife. Uh, one is saved, the other one's unsaved. And the one who is saved being taken instantly, uh, while the other one who is unsaved being left behind. Two will be grinding together. Um, one will be taken, the other left. So we're talking about two people working in the same factory floor, uh, doing the same job, and all of a sudden the one who's uh, saved been taken and the one who's unsaved remaining behind and wondering what on earth happened to uh, the, the colleague who was standing next to him five seconds before. Verse 35, two will, uh, sorry, verse 36, two will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. And so the same picture, uh, farm workers out there in the field and uh, busy pick, uh, picking grapes, whatever it is, and next minute the guy's talking to his colleague, next minute his colleague's gone, disappeared. And uh, you know he looks around, can't understand what happened to his colleague. And that is, that's, how, that's how quick it's going to be, that's how instantaneous it's going to be. But also a picture we need to see here is that's how normal life will be among Christians and, un and unbelievers at that time. 
during the great tribulation there will be a tremendous persecution against the church of God in the fourth kingdom whoever whichever believers maybe the Jewish believers by the way and Christians who happen to be caught up in those nations who that form part of the fourth kingdom will experience tremendous persecution many or multitudes of martyrs will be um, martyred for the Lord during that time, that three and a half year period. But in the rest of the earth, things will be going on pretty much the same as always. Um, you know, they will hear about all of this tremendous um, upheaval and persecution taking place in the Middle East area. But in South America, for argument's sake, and even in the States or Africa, wherever you might be, um, your daily work and your daily routine will continue on as if you're just watching it on the news and you know you continue going to work the next day because you've got to go to work and pay the bills and so life will be continuing in the earth normally for both believers and unbelievers and don't forget we're looking at our lord did give us the picture of believer and unbeliever in the same bed so we're talking about a married couple who one is saved the other one's unsaved just as we have today in the church that there are married couples you get the one person who's saved the other one is unsaved um, that will still be happening at that time that there will be unsaved and unsaved in the same home and so this is the picture that our lord paints for us at his coming when our lord jesus christ does return to the earth and the earth will be taken completely by surprise because they will be going through their daily routines and they will not expect what is about to happen what is about to transpire so how, what is the period of time that the wrath of god will be poured out on the earth um, we do have scripture that does give us indication of what that period of time will be let's have a look at it which is in daniel chapter 8 beginning at verse 13. Um, Daniel has just had a, a vision uh, given to him from the Lord and the angels are giving him some insight into the, into the vision. Um, and what he had seen in the vision is the Antichrist um, taking away the, the daily sacrifice. And in Daniel chapter 8 verse 13, the scripture says, Then I heard a holy one speaking. Daniel's heard, hearing one angel speaking to another angel. And another holy one said to that certain one who was speaking, How long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation, the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot? And he said to me, For two thousand three hundred days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Um, and so we, we've, we've touched on it briefly. They are, Daniel sees two abominations of desolations in the visions given to him by God. He, he sees the abomination of desolation that took place in 167 BC when um, the, the temple was then uh, defiled at that time by a, a, a Gentile ruler who went in and um, basically he defiled, defiled the temple of God. The revolt of the Maccabees takes place, and in 165, they cleanse the temple. Talking about that second temple that was in place when our Lord Jesus Christ came to the earth the first time. They cleansed the temple, <coughs> and that temple, when it was cleansed, it, they institute, instituted the Feast of Lights, um, or Feast of Dedication, which the Jewish people still observe today. It's, it's observed in the, in the month of December. And that was the first cleansing of the temple that took place. And that Feast of Dedication took place in 165 BC and has been observed by the Jewish people even until today. And it remains as one of the feasts on the Jewish calendar. When our Lord Jesus Christ came to the earth the first time, the, in John's Gospel, the Bible actually refers to our Lord being in the temple at the time of the, the Feast of Dedication, the Feast of Lights. And so that God recognizes that particular feast. Now, when, our, when the angel gets this gives this information to Daniel, he now looks at the abomination of desolation that equates to the Antichrist time, when the, the Antichrist enters into the third temple, which is still to be built, and he sets himself up as God in that temple, and he does away with the daily sacrifice. That is the abomination of de desolation 
um, that the, the angel is speaking about in verse 13, when he says, How long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation, the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot? So he says, from the time that the Antichrist sets up his um, rule in the temple of God in Jerusalem, how long will it be until what? Until the sanctuary is going to be cleansed. So there's, there's a time span elapsed that will take place from the time that the Antichrist enters into the temple and begins his reign until that temple is once again cleansed. And the angel says to, the uh, one angel says to the other angel, Daniel just listens in on the conversation, the angel says it will be 2,300 days. From the time that the Antichrist sets up his reign in the, in the temple of God until that temple is cleansed. For that temple has to be cleansed for the Lord Jesus Christ to come in and reign from that temple, for that's what he will do. And so the period of time that will elapse between those two events is 2,300 days. Now that 2,300 days equates to just over six years. We know that of the 2,300 days, the Antichrist will rule, rule for three and a half years. The Bible is very plain about his time span that he's given to rule on the earth, which leaves us with just short of three years um, of that 2,300-day period, from the time that the Antichrist begins his reign until the time that the temple is once again cleansed so that the Lord can reign from there. And so the, the balance remaining of just short of three years is the period of time given to us in Scripture whereby the, the wrath of God will be poured out on the earth. And so we can see that roughly the, the, the wrath of God will be poured out on the earth for a period of roughly three, uh, just short of three years. Now it seems like a long time for the saints to be judged while the earth is incurring the wrath of God for three, uh, you know, roughly three years. Um, but don't forget, when the saints step out of time, we step into eternity, no time. And so what to the earth will be a period of three years, to us will be, you know, whatever period of time uh, elapses in eternity. I don't know. The Bible talks about in, in eternity, one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. So there's, there's no time um, relation that we can pick up when we step into eternity. But on the earth... Three years will elapse, during which time the earth will incur the wrath of God that is being poured out on the earth. Now that ties in pretty much with, because um, there are various plagues that are poured out on the earth uh, during that period of time. There are seven uh, trumpets that are sounded, there are seven bowls of the wrath of God that are poured out on the earth. Um, and we are never told just how long those periods of the, the wrath of God is poured out on the earth, how long that will transpire, except for this one. Uh, it, we, I'll have a look at it. We'll look at it in Revelation chapter 9, beginning at verse 1. This is when the fifth uh, trumpet is sounded. The Bible talks about this particular plague that is poured out on the earth, and it gives us a time span. And this time span then kind of ties in with the three-year time span that we've already discussed thus far. And so from verse 1 it says, then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power as scorpions of the earth had power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their forehead. That's very important. We'll have a look at it later. And they were given, were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. I'm not going to go into any more about that particular plague. Just wanted to pick up on the fact that they were given permission or given authority to torment all men on the earth for a period of five months. So, so this particular plague we know takes place over a five-month period. The Bible talks about the fact that men will try and kill themselves during this five-month period because of the, uh, the pain that they go through from the uh, torment of these um, scorpion-like um, creatures, but so they won't be able to. Death will flee from them. They won't be able to kill themselves. <coughs> But the point I want to really bring out here is that here's a plague that gets poured out and there's seven trumpets, seven bowls of, of the wrath of God, um, and this particular plague lasts for five months. So it's quite possible and quite feasible that 
During that three-year period, all of the wrath of God, all seven bowls, all seven trumpets would have sounded, and the earth would have incurred the wrath of God through them all during that period of time. And it's a, it is not a, a pleasant time to be on the earth. Um, I'm not going to give any kind of uh, a time to what happens on the earth during that time. You can look at it up yourself. It's really the book of Revelation that gives us insight as to what transpires on the earth while the church is no longer on the earth. And so that's why I'm not really going to give it any time because that is really the, uh, the wrath of God being poured out on the unbelievers living on the earth. It is something that they will incur. It's not something that the church will incur. And so we can read about it and we can... Um, what it does show us is, you know, that there, there's fantastic uh, beings and creatures out there that we have no idea uh, because we dwell in this realm and uh, we'll be exposed to the realm of the Spirit for the very first time. The earth will be exposed to the realm of the Spirit for the very first time and they will incur some horrible things that will incur on the earth and they will be judged by the Lord, by God the Father, during that period of time. And so that will all be taking place over a three year period while the church is, is, is no longer in the earth. Um, and it will be a Torah time for the unbelievers who are dwelling on the earth. Now while the church is in the in in the air with the Lord in that realm um, called the air, uh, we will then be incurring judgment from the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 19 verse 28 says, So Jesus said to them, Assuredly I say to you, that in the regeneration, <coughs> when the Son of Man sits on the throne of His glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. This our Lord comment, made this comment in response to Peter, because Peter had said, Lord, yeah, we've left everything. What, what, what's in store for us? And so our Lord said, you guys are going to sit in 12 uh, thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And he said that will happen in the regeneration. The regeneration is when the resurrection of the dead takes place. And so at that time, Peter and the rest of the apostles of the Lamb will receive their thrones from God. Remember, we read the scripture that uh, the thrones were set up. Um, and so thrones are given out as rewards to the saints for the, uh, the works that they have done in the earth during their lifetime. And uh, the 12 apostles of the Lamb are assured of their thrones that they'll be given at that time. But our Lord then goes on to say, Everyone who's left houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. And But that will all take place at the regeneration when we stand before the Lord Jesus and we will then uh, receive our rewards based on the works that we've done in our lifetime. Luke chapter 19 verse 17, our Lord says, And he said to them, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, You also be over five cities. And so what will happen is, at that time, our Lord will allocate our, our thrones of authority to his saints. And when we return to the earth, this particular saint will be um, having ruling over ten cities. Another saint will be ruling over five cities. Another saint will rule over one city. Whatever it is that the Lord will give out on that day, those will be the rewards given to his saints. We will come to the earth and we will rule on the earth with him, with a rod of iron, by the way, um, over the unbelieving nations who are still alive on the earth at that time. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, the scripture says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And so all the saints, and this is not a teaching on eternal judgment, uh, that forms part of the, the sixth foundational doctrine. Um, this is just a teaching on the timeline in the resurrection of the dead um, where eternal judgment slots in. Eternal judgment for the saints slots in here. Uh, when they get raised from the dead, that is when they enter into judgment with Christ, for we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and each one of us will receive what we've done in the body. Whether it be good or bad, our Lord will then give us according to our works. And then we will return to the earth with the Lord Jesus Christ 
to reign with him for 1,000 years. God the Father has deemed that the Lord Jesus will rule from the uh, city of Jerusalem on this current earth. Uh, after the thousand years, this earth will be done away with. It will melt um, with intense heat and God will create, God the Father will create a new heaven, well, new heavens and a new earth. And the new Jerusalem will come down. Uh, um, that's not part of all this teaching today, but that's just put in into, into perspective. So when we return to the earth with the Lord Jesus, it's to this present earth that we dwell in. Now, this present earth will have changed quite dramatically by then. Um, if you have a look in Scripture, uh, the cities would have fallen by that time. All infrastructure would have been done away with. There will be no such thing as, as computers and, and cars and planes and all that kind of stuff. All of that would have been done away with. And uh, the, the, the infrastructure and, 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 and what will be in place will have returned to what it was like when our Lord Jesus came to the earth the first time. Uh, that is really basically what the earth will look like at that time, but that's really not part of today's teaching. And then the other thing I wanted to touch on with regards to the first resurrection um, is, is to what transpires to another group of individuals because the first resurrection involves just the saints of the Lord. No one else. No one else will be raised from the dead at that time. Um, only those who believe in Christ Jesus will experience the first resurrection. It's important that we understand that because there are other uh, um, individuals out there which I don't really want to touch on today. But there's one group of individuals that I do want to mention because they're a select group of individuals and they partake of the first resurrection to a degree. They do not partake of the first resurrection to the fullness that the rest of the saints do. You mean, you say, what do I mean by that? Well, I'm talking about the 144,000 uh, as refer, uh, revealed to us in Scripture. Let's have a look at it in Revelation chapter 7, uh, verse 2. Um, John writing, he says, Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God and their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. This event takes place right at the outset of um, the outpouring of the wrath of God on the earth. No uh, outpouring of the wrath of God has taken place in the earth at this time. What has happened, what has transpired, is that the saints have been raised from the dead at this time. The 144,000 have also received their resurrected bodies. Remember Paul taught us that we who are alive and remain um, shall be caught up together with uh, them to meet the Lord in the air and our bodies will be changed instantly. The 144,000, their bodies will also be changed instantly. They will be part of the saints who are alive on the earth and remain when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. The difference being is they will be left behind. They will not ascend into the, uh, the air to be with the Lord Jesus Christ at that time. They will remain on the earth. The rest of the saints will leave the earth, but the 144,000 stay behind. But until such a time as they are sealed in their foreheads, God the Father cannot pour out His wrath on the earth. And so the angel comes and he says to the, the angels who are about to um, institute the, the, the judgment of God into the earth, they say, no, 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 wait, until we've done this act, you can't begin yours. And so they seal then this 144,000 on their foreheads. Um, they place the seal of the living God on their foreheads and these, this 144,000 are all Jewish believers. They're all male believers and they are all uh, virgins. We'll have a look at their, their, their resume now as we go through scripture. They're left behind on the earth and they're left behind on the earth for a very specific purpose. So they will be on the earth during that three year period where the wrath of God is poured out on the earth. But because they have been sealed by the, uh, the, the seal of God on their foreheads, none of the wrath of God, none of that which is being incurred by the earth will affect them. They will be completely immune to that which is taking place on the earth while the wrath of God is being poured out around about them. 
Let's have a look at a bit more, get a bit more insight as to what the 144,000 is all about in Revelations chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. Then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion with him, 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. So that is the seal of God. Uh, the seal of God is the, the name of God the Father being written on the foreheads of the 144,000. Now this picture that uh, John is seeing is on Mount Zion in heaven. This is after the, the wrath of God has been poured out on the earth. The, 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 this is the image that John is seeing. He's not seen it before, he's seen it afterwards. Um, verse 2, And I heard a voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters, like the voice of loud thunder. And I heard the sound of harpers playing their harps. They sang, as it were, a new song before the throne. So these, the 144,000 are with the Lord Jesus Christ at this time, standing before the throne of God the Father. Uh, before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. So the four living creatures are there. God the Father is on the throne. The four living creatures are there. The 24 elders are there. And our Lord Jesus is standing before the throne with the 144,000. And they are beginning to worship God the Father. It is them and them alone. No other saints are present. It's just these individuals. And they're worshiping before uh, the throne of God. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. They, these are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These were redeemed from among men, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. In their mouth were found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. And so we've dealt with it also in previous teachings that when the, the two um, witnesses are manifested into the earth, which is Elijah and Moses, um, the 144,000 will be there among their first converts. The, the 144,000 will be the first fruits to God and to the Lamb. They will all be Jewish men who um, have become born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they are separated unto God, and they meet certain criteria. They are eunuchs in that they have no contact with women, um, and they're completely sold out and dedicated to the Lord. And they remain on the earth during the time that the wrath of God is poured out on the earth. We'll have a look at why God does that now. But they will be on the earth during that period of time. At the end of the, of the wrath of God being poured out on the earth, God will then take them up into heaven. And our Lord Jesus Christ will take them with him. Because now the scripture says they, they'll never leave the Lord after that. They will always be with the Lord wherever he goes. That 144,000 will be with the Lord Jesus for all eternity after that. And here we see a picture of that 144,000 standing with the Lord Jesus before the throne of God the Father, before the four living creatures, before the 24 elders, and worshiping God the Father with a new song that only they can sing. No one else can sing that song. It has been given to them and them alone. For they are unique individuals. They are truly blessed of the Lord. And they have this place in, 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 in given to them in eternity that they are different from the rest of the saints. And there are other classic, uh, classifications of saints. The martyrs are classified differently to the rest of the saints. It's all based on the rewards that we will receive from the Lord, based on God's um, choosing of us. For God chooses who's going to be what and who, where we will be placed. Remember, um, James and John wanted to be placed on the right hand and the left hand of our Lord when he was in his glory. And our Lord said to them, guys, I can't give that to you because as those positions or for whom it has been prepared by God the Father. And so God the Father is the one who decides, this saint of mine will be in that position, this saint of mine will be. He has decided who the 144,000 are going to be, and he has decided how, you know, what they will do for all eternity. And part of what they will do is they will always be with the Lamb of God. And so they are very unique individuals, and they stand before the throne of God. So why does God lead them? on the earth during that time when the rest of us are all being judged by the Lord uh, they're on the earth and they are witnessing the wrath of God being poured out on the unbelievers who are dwelling on the earth at that time well let's have a look at what scripture says along that line uh, Revelation chapter 16 verse 10 the scripture says then the fifth angel poured out his bowl and this is just one of the plagues that will come out on the earth uh, during that period of time then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the, on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became full of darkness, 
and they lowered their tongues because of the pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. Remember I mentioned to you that uh, God will pour out specific judgment on the Antichrist and his kingdom during that period of time as well. The whole earth will experience the wrath of God, but the Antichrist and his kingdom are also singled out for certain um, uh, plagues that God will pour out on the earth during that time. But look at what happens. When they are experiencing the, the, part, the, the wrath of God being poured out on them, the Bible says they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. And so why would the scripture say that they did not repent of the deeds? Well, because if we go back in scripture and we look at the first time that God poured out his wrath on the earth, and we pick up in scripture, um, we go back to when God redeemed Israel out of Egypt. And when God redeemed Israel out of Egypt, he poured out his wrath on Egypt as a nation. And many plagues God then brought into that particular nation. But before every plague came, God would send Moses um, and Aaron into Pharaoh's uh, presence and pronounce to him, unless you guys let my people go, I'm going to pour out this on your nation. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and so God would then pour out uh, the next judgment on the, on the people of Egypt. And so in, in the time that, our, that God our Father pours out his wrath on the earth, 144,000 will be his witnesses in the earth. They will be throughout the earth at that time. Um, and they'll probably go out two by two, as, as the apostles went out two by two, as the 72 went out two by two. Um, and they will go out into all the earth. And they, you know, they, they, if you look at uh, divide 144,000, you're looking at roughly 72,000. Um, teams going out into the earth. There's r roughly at this time, there's roughly that many towns and, and villages and that out in the earth today. And so these individuals will go out into the earth and they will proclaim, they will say to the earth, you know, you guys have just incurred this plague and there's more to come unless you are going to repent and turn to God. But neither, at no time did they repent of the deeds. And you go look at the book of Revelation, there are other instances where it says the whole earth didn't repent of their deeds. They continued to uh, worship these idols that they, that they were continuing to worship. And so they don't repent, just like Pharaoh didn't repent. And so the next plague came. These individuals will be, will be on the earth and they will be pronouncing to the earth, you guys are not repenting. God is about to pour out the next uh, judgment on the earth. And they don't repent. And so God pours out his next judgment on the earth. And so they go back to the individual and say, you've gone through that. Now God is about, unless you repent, they refuse to repent. And God pours out the next judgment on the earth. And so that is primarily what the 144,000 will be doing on the earth while they're on the earth when God is pouring out his wrath during that three-year period. They will be his witnesses in the earth. They will be testifying to the unbelievers, you guys need to repent. But nobody will choose to repent. All will blaspheme God and all will incur the wrath of God during that period of time. And so that is what the 144,000 will be doing. That is who they are. And that is where they will spend the rest of eternity in the presence of the Lamb. They will never leave him uh, by his side. Wherever he goes, they will go uh, for the rest of all eternity. And um, we're going to end the teaching on that particular point today.